This edition of 100 Not Out proudly brought to you by the 2019 Greek Island Longevity Experience in Ikaria. Join Damien Christoph and myself for 10 days on the island where people forget to die. Live with the locals, drink the wine, eat the food and discover the longevity lifestyle with a select group of like-minded people just like you who will become friends for life. Activities include stunning hikes, cooking classes, essential oil workshops, festivals and dancing, grape stomping and wine harvesting, village hopping, beach days on the Aegean Sea, farming and foraging with the locals and so much more. For dates, details, highlights of previous events and to apply, go to 100notout.com. Group size limited to 16 and applications processed on a first-in, first-served basis. TheWellnessCouch.com Streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you and as it always does each and every week, it gives me great pleasure to introduce the co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He is my brother from another mother, the great man himself, Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, legend. Hello, legend. Jesus, good to be chatting with you again. Um, I'll tell you what, I've been most impressed with you, uh, being an observer of all of your great work over the last few weeks and... I don't know if our Wellness Couch 100 Not Out listeners truly understand the magic of the man that is Marcus Pierce. Seriously, the way in which you engage a crowd, you know, you maintain that for days and days and days on end, the enthusiasm, the excitement, the energy. You know, as you're listening to this, everybody, be be sure and remember to send Marcus a little message saying how great he is. Let him know (laughs) how great he is. Say, Pierce, you're unbelievable. Oh, mate. You are – like, I feel very awkward listening to you pay compliments like that, but I'm very grateful for your words. I think it's just because, Legend, we've had a, the the indulgence of a bit of quality time together over the last week or so. We've been in Bendigo together, and then a few days later, we were in Cairns, and we had some quality time together then. Um, I just think that – I love your compliments, but I just think it's because we've been around each other. We've got a lot of bromance for each other at the moment. <laughs> oh, there's no doubt about the bromance. Oh, that's not, um, let's not make any bones about that. That's absolutely true <laughs> and correct. But um, no, but you know, to you're referring to go. Are you referring to our time together in GoVita? You liked the the prize draw, the like the prize draw giveaway at GoVita where I lost it up on stage mm-hmm. and I was given the hurry up. That's what you're referring to, isn't it? You- well, there was well there was that, but you know, also you know, hearing you present and you know, you and I spoke recently about the power of presenting a seminar to different audiences over and over again. Mm. You know what I mean? So rather than actually having to, you know, get a whole new presentation up and going. And you mentioned that you'd done this particular presentation. We spoke about this on a podcast only, you know, a week or two ago, but you just did such a great job. But off the back of that, there's a uh, there's a very distinct shift um, in your um, presenting and I don't know, even just, I don't know, your, your stage presence. There's I'm something getting older and wiser. Just doing a great job. Oh. Not that you weren't doing a great job before, but it's just even better. So, <laughs> You're doing a great job, but earlier. <laughs> but earlier. Ho, ho. No, you, very- you were. You were doing a great job. Like, you've always done an amazing job, but this is just even better. So, oh, you know, keep up the great work and, you know, where are we? Seven years in. Imagine what it's going to be like in another seven years' time. Jeepers. Stratosphere. 
Tell you what, in seven years' time, I'll be uh, your age because you're about to have another birthday. Another cycle. It's very exciting. It's very exciting. This is a really, um, and I, honestly, thank you for all of those compliments. That was not in the script, folks. That was not on our notes for today's episode. He's just gone off script there and paid some, uh, paid me a compliment on air, um, which I'm very grateful for, great man. But I must say, uh, that as our relationship develops, I am very excited to announce that this episode very proudly brought to you by our 100 Not Out Longevity Experience 2019 edition on the Greek island of Ikaria. Really, I get excited because you and I get to spend 10 days uh, together on the other side of the world with up to 20 other like-minded people. Um, if this is new to you folks, but you're ready for 10 of the most life-changing days you could ever lay hands on, they could be yours. All you need to do is apply over at the website 100notout.com. It's pretty easy to remember, 100notout.com. You answer a range of questions. This uh, attendance to Ikaria is by application only. We want the right people with us in Ikaria, so we put you through a little process just to make sure that we're all on the same page um, and Damien um, or myself will connect with you uh, personally once you've applied over at 100notout.com. 100, but, Damo, we had a and conversation. Three, through, had three people already applied. That's, that's it. Good. That's it. And as good. we said, it's a maximum of 20. Um, yep. And so you don't want to uh, – definitely don't want to be the 21st Might person to put it that way. Who would want to be? You ever been to a nightclub back in the old days when you were being a line? Because uh, I'm, I'm sure you and I don't do lines anymore. Uh, but, you know, remember those <laughs> days where you'd been a line and you'd be the first person to miss out? You know, and you'd Mate, be. It was the story of my life. Oh, like, it was until oh. I knew somebody um, <laughs> at the nightclub who'd get me a medallion or get me a pass in. Oh, um, I was always kicked out. Oh. I don't know if it was my long hair with an undercut or if it was my bad, bad stussy clothes or <laughs> what it was, but I was always the bloke that was, you know, kicked out, had the bad shoes on, or I was dressed like I was living in Geelong, but I was going to a Melbourne nightclub. There was uh, a whole host of different things. My fashion sense was so bad at nightclubs. I was walking around in a Stussy Sister t-shirt, not knowing that that was a girl's brand for about four years. <laughs> thinking that I was cool. Anyway, that is not the topic of the conversation. We are on topic today uh, talking about um, transitions because in as life goes on, as we get older, whether you're listening to this and you're in your 20s, uh, you'll be thinking about the transition into your 30s and whether in your 50s or 60s, wherever you are, there's a number of transitional periods or chapters that happen in our lives, whether it's we retire from our work or we leave school or we leave university or we have children or our children uh, leave home or uh, there's so many different uh, transitions. Some of them are, uh, are random. Some of them are expected. But you, uh, you're you in the thick of a pretty significant one at the moment and I'd love to talk to you about it because um, to give the listeners some context, I called Damo the other day. Um, and he'd been at the valedictory, I think this was the breakfast of, uh, of Jackson uh, as he um, begins the end of year 12. And uh, you and Amber had shed a couple of tears at uh, mm. the valedictory breakfast. And I, I was just kind of reminded that this is a significant transition in your life. I wanted to share a little bit about what uh, you've been going, what you've been experiencing um, at the moment. Well, it's a it's an amazing process watching your children grow up, and I, I know that people listening to this are going, "Oh, come on, Damo, you know, we've all been through this." But I suppose not many people get a chance to actually talk about it, and not many people, not many blokes actually talk about this sort of stuff, particularly in an open air situation like this is free to air. Mm. Like you guys are hearing this, and Marcus and I are having our own little counselling one on one session, one hundred not out <laughs> counselling sessions, and uh, and so we bear all, but. 
it's an emotional time, not only for the mother, but for the father and for all those people that are involved in watching their children grow into being adolescents and then go from adolescents into adults. And uh, as they graduate from school and responsibility shifts from, you know, solely from the parent to largely to the mm, child, even mm-hmm. though they're not a child anymore, um, there's a there's a process. That you, I think, you know, listening to Jackson sing, and he has a beautiful voice, uh, listening to him sing solos in the chapel um, with, you know, 30 other choristers in the room or in the chapel and 200 parents and other boys. Well, actually, there must be more. There must be 400 people in that, in, you know, in that space. Um, and it's quite overwhelming, you know, to see how far he's come from doing his little solos in front of an audience of about 50 to being able to like belt out choral songs um, that in another language and just sounds so good, you know, just sounds so good. So I had, it was a proud moment, a, a pride moment when my shoulders went back. Um, I had to blink my, my eyes a few extra times to see if I could get the tears to fall back into my nostrils as opposed to go down the front of my face. Um, and, uh, and, and it was just beautiful, you know, holding Amber's hand, listening to Jackson, it was, it was unreal. So we, um, we went through that together, which was beautiful, then watched them all come out. And um, at Melbourne Grammar, they have a guard of honour. And so all of the boys from the senior school, so that means that all of the year 9, 10, 11 boys come out and form a guard of honour. So as the year 12s come out of the chapel, it winds, this guard of honour winds all the way from the chapel through the school halls and through the quadrangles and all that sort of stuff to get them to the um, the memorial hall where they were all presented with their graduation stuff. And, you know, it's just so many great things that happen. You just go, oh, my gosh, this is just this is just incredible, just incredible. And so I think they're the, they're, they're the emotional um, things that come up when these um, passages, rites of passage take place, and, and that's what happened. And so, on a personal level, how do you um, feel about this time of your life? If you just bring it down to you as an individual, outside of being a father and a husband and a friend and so on, like when you get to this phase of your life where you've gone through the really the child rearing years and and supporting them and all the rest of it, and, and soon enough, uh, you know, Jackson won't be in your home and the rest of it. But you, as a as a human being, like, what what are the feelings? Is it is it um, is it pride? Is it satisfaction? Is it fear? Is it like what what swells up for you at, at this period of time? Well, it's probably all of that, PC, to be honest with you, because you know you're very proud of your children for whatever they achieve, particularly if they, you know, if they get through. I like I set some rules myself: um, no teenage pregnancies and no drugs. That's that were the two rules that I set for myself to help Jackson achieve, and fortunately, we got through. Uh, you know, those at least high school components of the teenage years. I was going to say, still got these nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Piercy. You'll keep. You'll keep. Um, but uh, so got through those things, which is great. Uh, so plus academic academic achievement, extracurricular achievement, all those sorts of things. You're always very proud of your children for for those sorts of things and anything they contribute. You know, a couple of the boys that Jackson went through school with um, uh, representing Australian water polo. One of them is an incredible artist and um, and had his art on the front cover of the Valedictory Handbook. And, and, and so just watching all these boys show talent, you just go, oh, good on them for just giving it a red-hot go. Mm-hmm. So there's that pride factor. I feel that. But I, I totally get the reason why people go through a midlife crisis. 
I really do. Not that I'm thinking about buying a yellow Porsche or a red one, um, <laughs> but you know, certainly I understand that you get to this point, the job feels like it's done. Yeah, obviously, it's which not. can it's create still- a void and a feeling of emptiness. To be brutal, that's the, when the job's done. There can often be a lull. It's yeah, like, you know. well, it's, a, it's a sensational feeling of what's next. You kind of go, okay, so what does life hold for me next? And so, yeah. you, you know, the last few months probably as my midlife crisis, I've played a lot more golf than what um, I otherwise would probably do. You know, I'm mid-40s, I, I probably could be working a bit better. I could be, you know, traveling a bit more for forage. I could be doing a whole host of things. But I suppose in my reconciliation of what's been going on in terms of the changes – um, I've found ways to kind of disengage uh, from all of the things that have been going on in, in my world and, and smacking a white ball around a park and walking for 7Ks has kind of been a, uh, you know, an outlet for me. So, you know, I recognize just recently that, you know, as things change and as time frees up, um, I will have a lot more time for recreation. And at the same time, I have the op- opportunity and the ability um, and the smarts to be able to go and work a bit smarter and a little bit harder on the days that maybe I, I could be working instead of actually playing golf and play golf in times when that probably suits Amber's lifestyle a bit better and and my team's life a bit better. So you just have all these little reflective moments of things that might be changing in around your world and it, it's just another opportunity to reposition and repurpose your life, I suppose, and repurpose your time. Well, this is a, this is, and I'm so glad that you uh, that you had the courage to to kind of mention this because this is where I'm, I'm really fascinated and there was – I've just been listening to um, Jane Fonda who who gave and is still to this day one of the most watched TED Talks and it's called Life's Third Act and it's really about the conversation how, um, you know, we live for around 30 years longer than we used to and so kind of the way that we live our life these days um, has the opportunity to be very different um, and she was talking about you know, how in her 40s, uh, just to, to kind of paraphrase her, she'd say that in her 40s, the first six thoughts of her day would be negative and she feared that she would become a crotchety old lady. Um, and she feared that, you know, she would, she would just be what almost society had expected people to become as they get older. And she was re- realizing how much she'd kind of bought into, you know, the mass media society's beliefs around what it is to get older and then so she kind of then started to talk about um, uh, aging um, in terms of metaphors and she said, you know, one of the better metaphors of aging is, is a staircase um, and that as we get older, you know, we kind of we kind of climb, you know, certain stairs as we and, as, and those stairs never end if that makes sense and in, uh, okay. the kind of the way that she was talking was, you know, if there's one thing that you can't stop that is the law of entropy in that everything in the world is declining but she said there's one exception and that is the human spirit um so as you talk you know my question is that you know you can see certain things and and we're not just talking about a physical entropy we're talking about you know even if you talk about home life with children like the amount of time that your children spend in the home declines often as they get older or not, 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 not in such a linear fashion. But if you look at the fact that you know Jackson um, won't be living at home forever and all the rest of it. So, how do you, how do you view you know those comments in terms of from a, from your spirit? Like you said, um, not just talking about midlife crisis because, like you said, you're not going to go out and buy a yellow Porsche. But in terms of your spirit and how you feel about the next phase of your life, um, where where does that come into it? 
Well, I think I've um, I've had some really you know great conversations about this just recently in the last few days. In fact, just in around you know valuing yourself and valuing your time and and being um, you know uh, uh, being a parent and putting your children first, you tend to value your children probably way more than you value yourself. And, um, and you sometimes without even knowing it. Without even knowing it, yeah. and so, and even to the extent that you might do that, because I see I, I've got other children in my life as well, you know, that I haven't told you about, um, <laughs> you know, forage for example is yeah. a child of mine, you know, <laughs> that uh, I've put I've put forage first a lot of the time, and I've got to you know value myself, and so there, there's there's that, and there's the respect, and so you, you've got this enormous amount of value and respect for your children that maybe you've got to kind of gain that back and bring that back to yourself too. And I, I, I presume that this may be the case for many women too who have dedicated a large portion of their life to be stay-at-home mums um, and all of a sudden the job's done mm. um, or the children have headed off to school, you know, whether it be five years old or they're finishing school and now it's, you know, 18 years old. But there's, there's you know, a situation where you've got to, you know, understand what, what I suppose – that you are important and that you've got to you know, get back in touch with who it is that you are. And um, and I suppose that's the transition for me at the moment, Pierce, is, okay, find your value in yourself again because bit by bit you lose it. And and then, you know, set, set yourself up ready to, um, you know, get going with this next phase. And for me, it'll be a very, um, I, I presume, um, not – I don't want to use the word selfish, but I, I think I'm, I'm probably going to become quite career focused over the next, you know, 15 years um, as I, you know, as I as I solidify my career. I suppose I yes. think that's what I'm going to do. That's that fair. Yes. Absolutely, it does. I think, and you know what I love? You talk about this coming back to self because I've written down here. You know, just some of the some of the significant transitions, like you said, whether it's having kids or the kids leaving home to go to school or the kids leaving school and moving out of home, um, whether it's retiring, whether it's getting married and moving in um, with your husband or wife or partner. I was even just listening to an old episode, an old interview we did with Eddie JQ, the great Holocaust survivor in Sydney, and he was saying that it took him a few months after the Holocaust to really kind of work out who he was again in society and like you said about finding Only a yourself. few months. Well, that's what I was thinking because I wrote it down this morning because um, I could actually even tell you the exact words that he said and he said was, um, for many months, um, uh, uh, no, hold on, I'll, no, because I'll, I've written down all of these notes. Um <laughs> I really want to oh, find hey, out. I was that with I've said. made a breath there. I'm sure everyone else was too. What? No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't that long. It wasn't. That, it was because he talked about with his wife. Uh, oh, come on, where is it? No. Anyway, uh, no, hold on. I really want to find this now. You've got me. Here we go. Um, damn. No. <laughs> anyway, so I'm, I'm sure he said it was only a few months after the after the Holocaust. He moved to Australia, met his wife. And he said he was the worst boyfriend. He can't believe his wife stayed with him because he was so he was so down. He didn't um, want to go to the movies. He didn't want to go to the theater. He didn't want to kind of do anything. Um, and then he had to realize. He kind of had to ask himself, who was he after the Holocaust? Because a lot of his friends were still living in the Holocaust. They they hadn't re-engaged with society. They could not bear to 
they wouldn't transition. Like everything that you and I have been talking about on this episode, they would resist it, if that makes sense. And just holding on to their old identity. Yeah, exactly. Which is what, yeah. you know, we see this so often with, I suppose, our tribe with the wellness couch, particularly if it's a, a mum that just has not transitioned from the child leaving home, right? Yeah. And they're just stuck and it's like they don't know what to do, but really they're resisting the change. They're, re- they're resisting that, you know, even as you term it, they're resisting the um, almost the urge to be more selfish, to give more self-love to themselves, to actually do more of what they want rather than what everyone else wants. And you said it earlier, you know, often we we unconsciously prioritise our children, whether that child is a business or whether that child is an actual child, without even recognising it. But even if it's certain events, like if it's grief, if someone's passed away, at some point you have to transition out of that and go, right, that's now done. Who am I with that experience now part of my life and how do I transition into society with that? I mean, these are these are what I think is fascinating because what you've said is pretty much the key, I think, to any transition, whether it's getting older, whether it's anything that we've just mentioned, is coming back to self and going, what what do I really want at this point of my life? And, you know, I, I thank you for actually saying that, you know, you're at the point now where you're really, you know, committing that you want to dedicate the next 10 or 15 years to solidifying your career. I mean, what a great source of clarity to have around your life i think it's important you know like i one of the things i didn't want to be uh was the dad who got home too late and didn't get a chance to tuck his kids in you know what yeah. i mean so i i really i not that i put my career on hold i definitely haven't done that and in fact i think that many people think that i probably did a lot more in my career than what i probably should have so that i could spend more time with jackson however i don't feel like i I didn't contribute. I really feel like we've got a great relationship. He's he's come a long way. He's grown into a wonderful man, um, and they're all really you know great things. Um, and and potentially I might have done that at the expense of my career. Where my mates might have had those ten years, um, you know, a lot of my mates have had children, say in their mid to late thirties, um, and I had my my boy Jackson um, at twenty six. Mm. So where they were establishing their career and I still hadn't finished studying. Like I hadn't finished studying until I was 35. So I'm well, not 35, 30, <laughs> 33, 33 is when I finished studying. Yeah. So you kind of go, wow, far out. There's, there's a big, there's a huge gaping um, opportunity there for me. I've got 10 years where I don't have to raise children where I've done that job. Um, and I can spend that on my career where my mates might be going, I'm really tired. I've got, yeah. you know, two, three or four kids. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I, I set my career up beforehand and, and now I've got to look after the kids and they'll get to 55 or 60 years old and then they've, you know, they may be out of puff or out of steam or they may still have energy to keep on going. But I've got this next 15 years to kind of get my career to where I would like it to be. Yeah. And um, and I feel like just by a matter of fact, that's that's going to be quite good for me. Yeah. Um, there's no pattern, is there? Like that, no. I think what I love about hearing that story is that there's no template as in how one should live. You know, because no, even not at all. Just there's different things that pop up along the way, and so depending on the choices that you make, you know, if you make a choice to be a hands-on parent, um, that may come at a cost of you being able to do all the things that you might do for your yeah. career. Yeah. Um, but if you're a hands-off parent, you may actually still not apply yourself to your career, or you may apply mm. yourself to your career. I think it's difficult to do both. I think there's remarkable people that do get the opportunity to do both and, and that's amazing um but i think that the you know in raising children uh because it's such an important job 
Um, and it's not just feeding them and then putting them to bed. There's so much more involved. Um, <laughs> you you sacrifice time or you, you allocate time away from your day that might have otherwise been put towards other things. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, – that You know is, what I mean? It's the oh, same for you, right? Oh, yeah. I, I just – as you talk about it, I think my whole conscious kind of decision or mantra is, uh, you know, I consciously put the slows on business so that I didn't put so much pressure on myself. When, when as, as kids were being born and growing up, I was like, I just can't keep the same pace and have children. So I just had it was an attitude adjustment or an expectation adjustment. Like yeah. I, my mantra is, I got I got many years to become a millionaire. Um, and I, I, as I say in my talks, I, I'm a multi-billionaire in all areas of my life except my financial life. But that means that I don't I don't go to bed at night worried about. Uh, the next dollar or the next job because I'm so rich in every other area of my life. And, you know, we look at the cultures that are doing it well and none of the cultures are high, what's the word? Uh, they're not capitalistic cultures, uh, but they're multi-billionaires in, in their family or their friendships. Uh, they don't have the mental health challenges and the, a lot of the physical health challenges um, and, and the rest of it. So, it is an interesting, you know, family does definitely test your beliefs on that, doesn't it? It makes you de- have to have to readjust, I think. Um, yeah. Hey, I found I found Eddie Jaku's quote. Can I read it to you? Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, let's do okay, it. Okay, so after the liberation, I felt sorry for the people, family, and friends who didn't survive the Holocaust. I had a complex for a few months, quote, unquote. When I was engaged to my wife, I must have been the worst boyfriend she ever had. I didn't want to go to the cinema, the theater, dancing, or any of that. I had this impression that I had to avoid the people. It was only when my son was born that I became normal. I became a normal person two years after the liberation in 1948 when my son was born. Um, I can tell you I had to go to a shrink to find out why am I alive and not the others. What is special about me? I think this has given me the drive to be better, more tolerant, more understandable than the other people who didn't go through that. So, I mean, that's. I, I remember when he said that, actually. I remember when he said that mm. because we were both um, taken back by that. We were both in awe because, yeah, I recall that. But I, I don't recall the, the date the, or the amount of time that he said, like it month, you know, in terms of months, because I can imagine it would take me a lot longer than that. Like well, I, I well, you know what is interesting about this, actually, as, as the more I think about those quotes, is that all everything he said there is is true. But then he didn't talk about the Holocaust for 30 years. Yeah, right. So put that, put that behind him. Or no, don't put it behind him, just squashed yeah. it. But I think, you know, then on the other side of the fence, he actually got on with his life, as he said here. Like he, he moved to Australia, he got married, he, I think he was working full time three days after he, he arrived in Australia, you know, had, a, had, had children, carried on with his life. Um, so transitioned. But like any transition, there's still uh, there's, there's elements that kind of, for want of a better term, there's baggage that one might carry for many years before you can fully, I suppose, um, uh, fully uh, transition. Which I, I suppose, in the case of the Holocaust, you can you can completely understand that as well. Yeah, totally. You know, absolutely. But what I think interesting. Yeah, interesting. It's a, it's a, a good conversation, isn't it, around just the different chapters? And I think um, more than anything, you know, you and I would observe this not just on an age level, but in in all areas of life. That many of us hold on to the past, which does resist our ability to to move through the different chapters. Whether it's work, you know, I used to achieve this in my job, so you know, how can I, you know, whether it's do something for less money or change careers or you know take certain risks. All of those things are kind of all built on past experiences, um, yep. or whether it's health or family decisions or um, 
even more commercial decisions. So, you know, I do think if, if, if we can master the art of transition, knowing that it happens regularly in our lives, um, yeah. then, you know, we're far more likely to, to live fulfilling lives. And, and as I say, I mean, you and I haven't had this conversation until we hit record, but I'm just so happy for you as a friend and a person that you've been putting the time into thinking about it because to have the clarity of what the next 10 to 15 years of, of our lives, not that we can, um, obviously plan out and determine each day, but to have a theme for the next decade of your life for all of our mm. listeners, you know, uh, not just that you and I, Damo, but for all of our listeners, I mean, that is a wonderful, empowering, confidence building, um, uh, you know, tool to have in your life, um, a theme for the next decade or so. Yeah, I think themes are helpful, but I, I think that uh, you get to a theme based on things that you've learned. And I think, um, you know, the realization for me is that, you know, when I reflect and I look around, I look at my peers and see what they're doing and I look at other people that I aspire to, um, I think, you know what, I've, I've now got the headspace and the consciousness and the time to be able to do what I need to do. Um in order to achieve those things. So, you know, it, it's hard to come up with a theme unless you've got a reason and it's hard to um, have a reason unless you've learned some lessons. And, and, uh, but and putting the time in to think about it. Like I'm sure a lot of this does come to you when you're hitting a white ball around a golf course walking 7Ks. Like have, you give yourself the time <laughs> yep. to have the thoughts and I think that's the key here is it comes back to what you said midway through the episode is valuing self enough to give yourself the time and the open space to take stock of your life, where it's at and where you want it to go. Yeah, 100%. You know, 100%. So, yeah, widely important. I agree. Um, we have agree. chewed the leg off a chair, 28 minutes and counting. Uh, thanks to all of our <laughs> loyal listeners for thanks listening. Thanks for sticking through. Uh, sticking through. Really hope you've enjoyed this episode. And I must say, look, whilst we are in November and this is the month that we are taking applications for Ikaria, if you love these deep and meaningfuls, this is the stuff that we do on the island of Ikaria. Without sounding simplistic, the thing that people love most about this trip, apart from living in the beautiful village of Nas uh, with the locals, is the quality social time, the space to have these deep and meaningfuls that uh, for any number of reasons we don't generally have in our own lives and a lot of the time it's because we don't have 10 or 20 other like-minded people sitting around the table with us at breakfast, lunch and dinner. But if this is the type of stuff that pushes your buttons, apply, go to 100notout.com, join us on the island where people forget to die, the Greek island of Ikaria. Damo, as always, thanks again for your company on the podcast. Thank you, PSE. Thank you for uh, you know getting this conversation going. It's, it's a great one. It's a All really right. great one. Hopefully, yeah. people actually use it themselves. Absolutely. Vitally important. Mm. Now, to find out more about Damo, um, to have him speak at your next event, to get some forage, to go and visit him at Vida, all you need to do is go to DamienChristoph.com, find all the details on Damo there. For myself, head on over to MarcusPierce.com.au. Uh, thanks again for your support of 100 Not Out. To our editor, Joseph Tomo, Rosie and Cielo, who do our social media, the entire Wellness Couch team, thanks again for your support. And until next week as always continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life this has been a production of the check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.